0: Naomi, what a rough time she had, didn't she? She went off with her husband and her two sons. Um, they, they, for a while they went and they did well. And our two sons got married and it was all looking very good. And then sadly, it all turned, didn't it? It all turned. And that must have been terrible, really. Even at a time when mortality was much more common, the pain of loss isn't deteriorated by that, and there's Naomi uh, left with no husband and no sons, and two daughters-in-law from a different culture, and it's time, isn't it, it's time for her to recalculate, to recalculate what it is that she's going to do. So here's the thing that Naomi recognizes. Naomi recognizes that she has no prospects at all where she is. No prospects whatsoever. She's gonna to have to relocate, or she's just frankly not going to survive. And you must remember in, in these kind of cultures, if you're among your family and you're a widow, there's an obligation to give you support. But if you are not among your family and you're a widow, There's absolutely no obligation to give support, and Naomi recognises that she's in a very, very vulnerable position. So she's got nothing to offer, and she's going to go home. So eventually, although she seems like a nice girl, Orpah decides that home is the best option. And Ruth, however, thinks differently. And one of the things about Ruth is, there's no way she can think that this is, this is good for her. You know, there's, there's, there's no self-interest in this for Ruth. She's looking at going to a foreign country with a displaced woman who has no prospects. So that's, that's something. So there's the story. Now, if you don't know the end of the story, we'll, we'll talk a bit about it later. But you can read the whole story of Ruth in the Bible here in the book of Ruth, which is towards the beginning, and it's interesting. So Ruth goes back with Naomi to Israel. This is a place she doesn't belong to. She quite possibly doesn't speak the language, or if she does speak any of the language, it will be of what she's picked up from her husband and from uh, her her mother and father-in-law. So she might speak a bit of the language, but it will be unusual to her. And there she is in a strange culture, and it is a very, very different culture from the Moab culture. So she's headed off there with no prospects at all, and possibly, quite likely, a life of poverty. So what makes Ruth a hero here? All right, so I wanted to talk about three things that make Ruth a hero. Just three things today. Okay. This is the thing, and we mustn't miss out on the symbolism in the Bible. Remember, when we look at the Bible, we quite often see lots of contrasts. Light, dark, death, life, exile, return. All of these things are are the contrasts that the Bible uses over and over and over again. Now here is Ruth, and Ruth chooses the new life over the old life. So, number one, Ruth is a hero because Ruth chooses a new life over the old life. When it goes wrong, the option is to go back to the old life, and she doesn't do that, but chooses the new life. And that's a brave thing to do. What we know about human behavior is this. Human behavior have, have defaults. They have defaults. Okay, what we used to call, before we had the word default, is we we used to call them familiar process. So human beings have a familiar process. And when we're under pressure, we go back to our familiar process. So if you're the kind of person, for example, that gets very prickly and defensive when you're under pressure, and you spend several months trying to improve your character, and not be so prickly and defensive all the time, when you're under severe pressure, you go back to your familiar process, and the old prickly and defensive comes back out again. Does that make sense? That's, that's the kind of thing. So that's our default, what we call now default. And this is for, for Ruth, the option is to go back to the culture she understands, the people she understands, and fit right back in. But she doesn't. She chooses the new, and that makes her a fantastic hero. Not least of which, because she chooses the new in a way that means there's no going back. So don't get us wrong. In this Bible story, the symbolism, although it's it's a historic story, but there's a symbolism which is that Moab represents people living a life disobeying God. And Israel represents a life obeying God. And Ruth, who doesn't belong to Israel, remarkably chooses to leave the old culture and join the new one, which is a very hopeful thing. What she doesn't do Maybe she could do it nowadays, but she wasn't going to do it then. Which is, well, tell you what, Naomi, I'll come and live with you, but every six weeks I'll go back to Moab and and visit my relatives. um, And that's what I'll do. And I'll kind of have a foot in both camps. I'll be a Moabite Israelite. I'll be a bit of both. Now, I'm sure you already are working out what I'm saying here. Because that's one of the things that Christians often fall into. Is that we 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 live a Christian life and also visit our old life. We have a we have a renewed way of thinking, but sometimes under pressure or with the things that you know we really always struggle to let go, we go and we live in the old life and we swing back and forward. We visit And like people who would do that in the Old Testament, we also revisit the old temples with the old gods in them. And what makes Ruth a hero is Ruth cuts off her options. She goes and joins the new life with no prospect of dabbling with the old one. That's a fantastic challenge for us, isn't it? It's this concept that we are sold out for Jesus. We have... A new life, the old life, return to the old life, even for a visit, is no longer a prospect. And and what Naomi hasn't done, because she would have been in trouble if she did, as far as we know, is she didn't take any of the old life with her. I don't know if you remember, do you remember the story of, um, do you remember Isaac and Rebecca? And, uh, and, And then, well, there was an issue with Rebecca. And part of that was, was from her mother. So, Rachel and Leah. So, Jacob left his father-in-law and he ran off with his two wives because he was getting ripped off. You know, defense for Jacob here. He's getting ripped off. But his, his wife took her old gods with her and hid them and protected them. And so, when Isaac and Rebecca developed the, the, the beginning of the family that became the Israelites, there was a legacy of old God and new God. So a lot of us forget that actually when the children of Israel came out of Egypt into the, in, and moved into the desert, and we think, well, God took them out. With, do you remember all the plagues and all the miracles? Do you remember all of that? You think, well, if God did all of that, how come every time it went wrong? They went back to old gods, and the reality is that Israel was already living in a culture of alternative gods, and Christians can do the same. We can live in a culture of alternative gods, depending what we're insecure about. So we trust God with the things that we feel secure with, but when we get insecure, the risk is we go back to our default default behavior, default things that reassure us. We, we run off and we, look, we check our bank account just in case because that makes us feel better. Or, you know, or, or, or we go back to whatever leisure activity it is that takes our head away from our troubles, and we do that instead of praying. Or, or we grump at the people close to us because by doing that, well, I've never, I've never worked out what you gain by that. Don't, don't get me wrong, that hasn't stopped me doing it, but, but, you know, I've never quite worked out what the gain is, in that. it's a very common behavior. But we go back to our old, we, we, because we potentially, we too, live where we have, we have secretly brought our old gods with us. But Ruth was a hero because she chose the new and turned her back on the old. Here's the second thing that makes Ruth a hero, and it's a fabulous one, and it's one that is part of the Christian life, and it's this, that Ruth chose duty without calculating reward. Ruth chose duty without calculating reward. So, when Ruth said to Naomi, I'll come with you, her prospects didn't improve. There wasn't any option necessarily that anything was going to get better. I know it did get better, but there wasn't any prospect. And there's, there's an interesting calculation for us. is This is what we need to do. This is our service. This is our responsibility. What am I going to get out of this? Deadly, mate, potentially nothing, possibly even worse. A load of grief and hassle, well, should we still do it? Yes we should. That's sacrifice, isn't it? That's service, that's sacrificial service, potentially with no reward whatsoever. Well, what's in it for me? Nothing. But what about later? No no guarantees this is sacrifice, this is service, and and this is what Ruth did for Naomi. And and, (laughs) harping back to what I said at the beginning, you know, Naomi's speech when she arrives and goes, I've come with nothing, you know, the the implications there are that that Ruth isn't getting a lot of recognition here. She she has sacrificed. I know that Naomi recognizes later, but in the middle of her grief, she forgets. And that can be the case, can't it? Simon was talking earlier about grace. And sometimes we are doing what we should be doing, and we find ourselves feeling unappreciated, or we find ourselves being overlooked. And we can get a bit, do you, can you, do you get like that? Yeah, okay. I I never ever do, uh, because I'm flawless in that way. Um, Yeah, I mean, you do. It's natural, isn't it? But actually, here's the thing. Here's the deal. And the deal is that we've signed up to do this if we're following Jesus. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, suppose you have a servant and he works in the fields all day, and then his master comes home at night and they're both in the house. What's the master going to do? Is he going to say to the servant, well, let's sit down and have dinner together? And the answer is, no, he doesn't. He says, well, when you fixed everything for my dinner, then out of the goodness of my heart, I might let you sit down and eat. And does the servant complain about that? And the answer is no, because that's the servant's job. That's what they do. Well, it works the same way for the Christian. The deal isn't that we negotiate with God some kind of transaction where we, we do what He wants and he's now obliged to give us good stuff. And, uh, you know, depending on the place, we can negotiate the terms in which we get it. Now, I I know this is bad news, but that's not actually the Christian deal. The Christian deal is this. Okay, you're facing eternal death. I will rescue you. Nuff said. Do your job. Now the fact is we have a wonderful, gracious God who is generous beyond all compare and gives us far more in life from that, but that's not a reason for Christians to become presumptuous about it and start to try and negotiate reward. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know this is a a challenging thing to say, but Naomi had the… sorry, Ruth had the attitude that allowed her to be a real hero, and we too need to have that. We can trust God, because God is generous beyond means, but we are called in our Christian walk not to presume on that, but to do our sacrificial duty. That's our responsibility, and Ruth did that, and that makes her, in my mind, a hero. What's the last one? Well, the last one is this. Ruth was a hero because she stuck it out even though there was a lot of trouble. She stuck it out even though there was a lot of trouble. Who here has had trouble in their life? Okay. If you've walked that trouble with God, did it help you grow? Did it change you? Did it change you? Who, who, who was changed as he walked that trouble with God? Notes? Yeah. Here's the thing, and it is an interesting thing, is I've observed this in, in human nature. One of the things that makes a walk with Jesus a fantastic thing is that I meet a lot of people because it 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 used to be my living when I had a real job. um, It used to be my living. I met a lot of people with trouble. And the outcome of trouble for most people is bitterness. The outcome of trouble for most people is bitterness. Is that after a while, it takes a toll. And people are angry and disappointed and hurt, and all of that has nowhere to go, and it leads to bitterness. And trust me, bitterness will kill you, and it's a slow death. But here's the fantastic thing, is we walk the same hard road with Jesus and don't end up bitter. There's a reward like you wouldn't believe. There's a reward like you wouldn't believe, that you don't end up bitter, even though you've had hardship. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? To walk trouble, feel the pain, and not get bitter, because bitterness will kill you. And Ruth did that. She was fantastic. She stuck it out through trouble. She lost her husband. She lost her home. She lost her family. But she chose the right relationship. And it wasn't easy. When they came back, they were in absolute poverty. They they survived by begging and living off the leavings of people who had plenty. That's how they lived. They lived... Of the leavings of people do, do you remember that 1950s film about Ruth and Naomi? Do you remember that Hollywood film? Did anybody ever see it? it was this film made in the '50s okay and, and one of the things because it was in the 1950s Hollywood right first of all everybody 's clothes were spotlessly clean all the time that was that was the first. A bit like cowboy films in the '50s where everybody was spotlessly clean all the time, unless they had a fight on the floor. And then they got up and did this, and then they were spotlessly clean. But it was sort of… And, and, and they, they, they had this sort of serenity about them all the time and never worried or panicked or anything. And, and it, was, it was really sanitized, and, and we can lose sight of how challenging it is for two women on their own in a not woman-friendly culture living in absolute poverty and utterly depending that there was something left over from somebody else or they were going to starve. That was the choice they made, which is remarkable, isn't it? Can you imagine being in that position? It was remarkable. And yet, Ruth stuck it out because she had an opt-out option. She could have still said, right, okay, seen Israel, Moab's better. I'm heading back. But she didn't. But she stuck it out through trouble. One of the key characters in the New Testament, I mean characterizing character parts of our character in the New Testament is, this, is perseverance. Is that we persevere through trouble. And Ruth is a fantastic example. So here's the thing about Ruth. Ruth chose the new over the old. Which, which is a, a challenge for us. Choose the new and mean it. Not bit a new bit of old. Choose the new, mean it. Number two, Ruth did her duty without calculating reward. It wasn't about what she was going to get. It was about what she was supposed to do. And that makes her a hero. And finally, she had the perseverance to stick it out, facing the hard times, the scary times, the difficult times and didn't give up or go back. That's us. That's a challenge for us. We could just as well be talking about the Christian on the walk as we could talking about Ruth and Naomi. It's amazing. What a hero. We have so much to learn from her. And that's for us. There's our challenge. Our challenge is this. Do we still try and live with a foot in both camps? Do we still do the old undecided two-step, you know, where depending on where, where the land lies, what kind of pressure we're under, who's talking in our ear, what we think we're going to gain, what we think we're going to lose, do we do the old two-camp two-step? If so, we need to work it out and choose the new life and not the old life. Secondly. Do we choose what we should over what we want? The great illness of our current culture, and I'm pretty sure it isn't the first time that culture has had this illness, but the great illness of our current culture is this. It is the fear of missing out. It's the fear of missing out. And if I do that, I might not have this, and if I don't try and squeeze everything in, somehow I might have missed something. You did. You missed your life. While you were so busy trying to find it, there's the issue. Because wherever you go, as Alcoholics Anonymous say with complete wisdom, wherever you go, there you are. And you, so, are we trying to choose what we should over what we want? Because there's a contest, and nobody can make that decision but you Nobody can make that decision but me, but it isn't about what we get. It is actually up to God what we get. Our challenge is to be obedient. God's challenge is to look after our needs. If we look after our needs and try and obey, guess what? We're doing the old two-camps two-step all over again. Which is, so there's a challenge, and the final one is this. Do we persevere through the tough times? Here's one of the things, tell me if you're like this, okay? I'm very bad at learning from tough times. So I have tough times, God sustains me, I'm tremendously grateful uh, and, and really blessed by it, and then another tough time comes up, and somehow I manage to completely forget that God got me through the last tough time, and I panic in exactly the same way as I did the time before. Do you do that? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like we have a sort of trouble with our memory that, you know, God, God sustained us last time so He's changed His mind and He's going to let us down this time. Well, you can't be sure, can you? Maybe what I should do is put in a contingency plan to look after myself, just in case, which by the way involves a huge amount of unnecessary worry. I'm very good at that, by the way. If there's a spiritual O-level to be had, unnecessary worry is one that I But remember, by the time you're doing that, well, I'm part trusting God and I'm part being just in case. we're back to the two-camp, two-step, all over again. The thing about Ruth was that she did not dance that dance. And we've got to be challenged that, I think. No feet in both camps, both feet in the new. Choosing what we should, letting God deal with what we need. And He knows it. And don't think that He doesn't take your desires seriously, because He does. Will He give you everything you desire? Don't bank on that, people. But does he know and does he respect it? Yes, he does. And we have to stick it out and not bring in contingency plans, but follow God. That's our challenge. Why was Ruth a hero? Ruth was a hero because she did all the things that we should be aspiring to ourselves. And that makes her a fantastic hero.